Uh, hey, this is CJ from Jeb Bush for President.com. And who the heck is this Dollar Hyde guy? Dollar Moore. Sorry, did I say Dollar Hyde? The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Once again, here we are in Southern California. Episode 149 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host for the 149th time, unfortunately, everybody. Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, as always, the bell of the ball, Brittany Page. Yes, that's me. Here I am. <laughs> well, we actually have a very special episode. It's like a fucking lifetime movie. We have the two gentlemen whom I referred to last time that I would like to have on the show, the, the gentleman who submitted the song, that were so moved by our listener participation Sable and Dave from the the indomitable, <laughs> indispensable Thursday show. Thanks a lot for being here, you guys. Jesse, you were right. That was me stealthily on the guitar. Yeah. It was good. We uh, Originally, it was going to be a Dave feedback, right? We were going to record the feedback because we were sitting there at the mic. And I just, this is Dave's feedback. I'm just going to play guitar so he can <laughs> sing his song. Great. It worked. But you, you calculated it out. It was it, great. It, uh, well, when he introduced... You both. This is yeah. Sable and this is Dave and Sable from the Indispensable Thursday show. Like, hmm. And then there was no Sable. It wasn't good pod, right? Yeah, because it was yeah. just, they're just, he didn't say anything, right? I, I so was worried was about playing the right notes on the guitar, yeah. though. So, well, they, thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. This is extremely nice of both of you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to do a regular show. However, it might take slightly longer because now there's four people yakking about shit and not just two. And uh, before we begin, though, why don't you tell us a little bit, because after all, this why don't we use this as a moment for a commercial for your, for your <laughs> sure. illustrious podcast? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your show? Oh, well, thanks a lot. The Indispensable Thursday Show at theindispensableshow.com or on iTunes. It's a mostly weekly show that Dave and I put on. We try to bring a little more comedy to some of the current events. That, yes. that you talk about in depth here, we take more of a comical approach, and we get a little silly sometimes. We have some parody songs. We come up, as Dave's a writer, comes up with some really funny movie trailers. So we've got our From Hawaii with Hope trailer. Mm -hmm. Have you guys heard that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, from, yeah. yeah, From Hawaii with Hope. The, the James Bond. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. And we almost had Ready for You Tonight. And the gay uh, hitman, Bruce Hart as yeah, Wood. Bruce Hart, Hart as Wood. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. We, we I think I, we I, I, almost have our Game of Thrones parody done. It's like a guitar yeah. solo and a little bit of mixing away. Yeah, we can't wait for that one. Targaryen to drop. girl. Are you? Oh, you're, we, you're going to play. We were hoping to have it ready for you tonight for a world premiere it debut. Didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't that happen. was nice. Yeah, so but. unfortunately, we're so mediocre. We couldn't get that ready for you, even though we knew about this at least a week in advance. That's one yeah. way to look at it. It could also be looked at as kind of a well, you know what? Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Take it however you like. <laughs> We're just perfectionists. It's got to be exactly right. So it, it's great to have you here for, for a number of different reasons. One, uh, just having other human beings in the studio is nice because 
it, you know, it, Jesse hates me. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're, you're week to week. It's, it's, it's iffy whether you're going to stay to the next week. Right, right. But it's also nice because I know Dave and I, although both color ourselves conservative, yeah. um, we Reagan, Ronald Reagan is in between you guys. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's coming between us. Reagan is in, in literally between them and on the wall in poster form. It's right. like a Warhol th- Reagan. Th- or th- thank you, Sable, for being a broadcast professional <laughs> and painting the picture with words that no one else was going to. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I would have. You don't know. There is a poster of Ronald Reagan that my good friend James painted for me. And it, it does reside between Dave and I. We're kind of cuddled up all at the big table today. So, but but Dave and I, we do both consider ourselves conservative. I think. Yeah, I'm not. Out I of would line. say so. That's true. However, we are different flavors of conservative. Right. I'm the flavor that tastes really good and makes a lot of sense. And Dave's that you know he's that uh, Albertson brand flavor. It tastes like open ass. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Well, no? you you all did the no. isidewith.com, right? So yeah. let's yeah. let's say what we all got on oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do. Although I'm a little embarrassed by mine. Okay, uh, I'll start. Bernie yeah. Sanders. Oh, you should be most You're embarrassed. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> well, I thought when I took it, I thought I would get Bernie Sanders because if there's a Jew on the ticket, I'm going to vote for him. <laughs> right? That's my duty as a Jewish American to say there's a Jew, he's going to make right decisions. Let's go. Man, I'm glad we got that out of the way early. I was glad you said it. I didn't have to. <laughs> and I went through, I answered as carefully as I could. I thought about it. I did the extended questions and it came up with somebody Cruz. I was like, who's that? I know. You didn't even yeah. know who Ted Cruz, the fucking maniac. You got Ted Cruz? With <laughs> Raphael Cruz, yeah. his wackabird, crazy ass, evangelical pastor father. Yeah, even crazy. See, uh-huh. I would never vote See, for See, no, crazy. that's why, is because Raphael Cruz, I'm sure, has some allegiance to Israel mm. and the Jewish people, because without you, Armageddon's not going to come, and Jesus isn't going to come <laughs> down out of the that's clouds. True. That's true. So it's, it's good for, for him to have you on the ticket. Well, if he supports Israel, he might sway my vote, but... <laughs> I need Israel there. It's a backup plan in case America goes bad. So you're you're less you're less Jew than you are Israeli because Israelis aren't necessarily liberal like American Jews are. You know, when I studied um, Greek mythology in college, I didn't really take it literally. I went for the story and the metaphor, and that's that's kind of how religion is. Yeah, it's it's uh. Well, I all the time talk about religion being mythology on the show, which normally leads me to have to play. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I figure we'll just get it out of the way now, right, Brittany? Yes, but I wanted to go back to something what you said about evangelicals Uh-oh. in America versus um, <laughs> Jews, and 82%, a majority of white evangelicals believe God gave the land of Israel to the Jewish people, compared to only 40% of American Jews who believe the same. Right. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Because I can tell you who gave Israel to the Jewish people. It was a consortium. <laughs> it was a consortium was of yeah. countries after World War II. It was the person who received the check. <laughs> All right. So to continue on with this unplanned segment on the show. Excellent. Um, Mr. Dave. I came up with Rick Perry. You came up with Rick Perry. Yeah. Which was very convenient for you because you already had uh, confessed your allegiance 
I think I did. Yeah, I did. I happened to say I liked Rick Perry, and then and then it came came out Rick Perry, which was weird. I'm I don't know what he his what his stances are on stuff, but I was just thinking as a person who could beat Hillary Clinton, who I hate, I would say, well, I, I think maybe he could. You I just, don't know. You but, just, but it, just by chance, here, I came I'll out help agreeing out. with him. He can't. So. <laughs> Probably not. No, I'm now convinced that it's going to be Rubio Fiorina that can beat them. Uh, Fiorina is. Fiorina is doing great. Although coming, leading, starting to lead That's or, what I mean, or in the increase polls, right. in the polls. And I, you know, I don't really mind Rubio crazily. I mean, I think he's inexperienced, but so was Obama when he took office. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. although. And that he, worked out great. Look. Well, it, the country's not on fire. Like, no. He's done some terrible things. Well, that's because there's 300 million other people out trying to make it not catch on fire. Right. So that's, right. we do a pretty good job of that, I guess. <laughs> uh, for so, now. So Rick Perry, <laughs> Ted Cruz, and the the affable and and socially not retarded at all yeah. Bernie Sanders. The one we wanted. I, I on the other hand, was 78% Rand Paul. Well, okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah 78%. So, because I lean, you know, libertarian in a lot of ways, that really would be the, it would make sense. However, I have a litmus test for these candidates, which is gay marriage. And if you are, as you well know, because I'm sure you guys listen to the show religiously. Yeah. Pretty yeah. regularly. <laughs> yeah. Pretty regularly. That was a delayed for response. Me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to gauge the answer. You put a lot of content out. And I like podcasts a lot. So, I'd say that I catch at least half of every show. That is good. No, that's great. That actually brings up my main beef with you. If we were going to have a little beef, it was your your as you as you said for me, I was the knee jerk Tom Soul guy. Yeah, yeah, which you is are. funny. Cause it was funny because he he was he was busting my chops, but then the rest of the show he sounded just like me. You even you even said <laughs> it was pretty funny because you even said you have a lot more in common with Dan. Yeah, well, no, no, I say it, it in funny. jest, but I do remember <laughs> a show, and everyone should go back into their catalog. Uh, there is an episode where you play. Thomas Sowell clips yeah. that were supposed to be germane to today's issues, but they're from like the fucking early eighties. Yep. So they're not they're not necessarily germane to today and the issues we face. I don't remember today. which one that was, but I think it's when right, he was on like uh, with the McLaughlin Hour, he, or fucking oh, yeah. whatever. He was specifically talking about in the research at the time in the late seventies and eighties. We're showing that. If if a woman in the same circumstance as a man was measured, not a woman who had been out of the workforce for 10 years was measured, right. they were actually doing as well or better than men. It's just that more women left the workforce for families than men did. Sure. No, I agree with a lot of those statistics. And we're going to have to move uh, on I here. I thought it was still the, the same show. now. That's why I played that. I thought it's, it's the same freaking argument. Yep. That's what I'm saying. It, it is. However, in the 80s, I don't know that those statistics would hold up against what they are today because equality has come a long way. Since the early 80s in America. <laughs> anyway, that is a great introduction to the show, having you guys in. Again, thank you for being here. Thank you. Let's, Thanks for having us. Let's move on with a little bit of follow-up first, and then we will get into the famed award-winning... Uh, it's not, but I wish it was. It will be. Dollamocracy segment. <laughs> so, the Ashley Madison debacle that we, we have covered at length on the show... And the impact team, the team of hackers that had made the promise that they were going to release the information if Ashley Madison did not shut down. <laughs> well, they are true to their word. They released they made it. good. They are honorable human beings and did what I really hoped they would do. In the wake of this information, weirdo nerds on 4chan 
which is like Reddit, except for real diehard creepers. It's kind of like the OG Reddit. Yeah. They, they are scrambling right now to try to put this 10 gigabytes worth of data into some kind of an actual searchable database for the general public. <laughs> In, I think there are several at this point where you can search. Already, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, in the onset, in the early onset, they, they released information that .gov and .military, .mil, mm-hmm. email addresses were readily available and aplenty. No. So my question is... No. Well, it's not really a question. It's more, I am waiting with bated breath mm-hmm. to find out who... What names are going to come out of this? And, you know, politicians, heads of state, big things are going to come of this. Marriages are going to be dissolved. Careers are going to be ruined. And before we get to the juicy thing, which we've been, I've been emailed on the Facebook page and texts and tweets by like 14 or 15 or 16 different listeners today. We're getting to Josh Duggar. So just hold tight. Oh, man. But what I want to talk about a little bit, since we have the, you know, the compendium of information and, and ideas here of different points of view, is how bad is this? Because... So do you, before you do that, do you want me to read the statement that Impact Team posted? Brittany Page, stepping all over me. Okay. <laughs> so they said, time's up. Avid Life Media has failed to take down Ashley Madison and established men. We have explained the fraud, deceit, and stupidity of Ashley Madison and their members. Now everyone gets to see their data. Find someone you know in here. Keep in mind the site is a scam with thousands of fake female profiles. See Ashley Madison fake profile lawsuit. 90 to 95% of actual users are male. Chances are your man signed up on the world's biggest affair site, but never had one. He just tried to, if that distinction matters. Find yourself in here. It was Avid Life Media that failed you and lied to you. Prosecute them and claim damages. Then move on with your life. Learn your lesson. Make amends. Embarrassing now, but you'll get over it. Awesome. And I guess, oh, that's perfect. I mean, it was a, a beautiful interruption, Brittany, because it really does lead into what I was going to say. Yes. Is, although this is bad, and we, we do have listeners who are angry about this, who are saying it's such a violation of rights. And yeah, it really is. But these yeah. people were out to hurt people they vowed to not hurt. Not necessarily. Well, they were out to. Okay, to so keep, you're saying that they're they're out to keep it a secret from hurting them, but right. So yes, there's it's this, risky behavior. Yes. So. Well, I I well, don't want to I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So what well, do you mean by that? I'll put the words there. I think most uh, most of the people that are cheating are probably cheating against the promise they made, but something that's happening to us as a, as a society is we're opening up our relationships, but we're still stuck in this. Right, you have to have one one partner. You have a marriage, and that marriage is for the rest of your life until you die. Mm-hmm. And we're not coming into that. That's this is where we're coming from. And people are having have always had trouble with this. Any any glance in the past shows that people have been fooling around. But now we're starting to look at relationships different. It's possible that there are groups of people that have relationships. So why? Okay, here's not marriages yet. That, well, that's great. But however. And I'll, and, and then you can jump in, Brittany. Then why have a secret website? I, I, cause what I'm hearing from you is that, you know, we're, relationships are evolving. Pat polyamory is becoming more, you didn't mm-hmm. say that, but it's becoming more that, prevalent. When well, we that, talked then, about you don't the need, show. then you don't, then go on fucking match.com. You don't need a secret website with, with different features where you can, 
where you can buy the guaranteed affair package where you pay a little bit more and you're guaranteed an affair. And if not, they give you your money back. You don't need that. But Match.com doesn't have a checkbox that says, my husband approves of an extramarital affair and I might be out scouting. So for that small percentage of people that actually were in that situation, you know, there's, there's sort of this underground epidemic of middle-aged women that just lose their sex drive. 100% okay. no so desire. So what percentage of this, and I, this is obviously just a guess on your part. Well, that's part. 30, 32 million names were posted. So out of the 32 million names, how many people had an agreement to, yeah, go ahead, go on Ashley Madison? Because Probably let me tell you, many. there are other websites that are alternative lifestyle kind right. of websites. You don't have to go to the... I'm doing this on the sly. It's a secret. You don't have to go to that website. You can right. do it. And, and and actually, we know polyamorous kind of people. And part of that culture and that lifestyle is you can sleep with other people, but I goddamn, I have to know about it. Right. You don't do it behind my back. You don't do it when I don't know about it. I got to know. So they're not going to go to Craigslist or Backpages or whatever the other whatever the yeah, other what, sites what are these are. what are these other ones go ahead <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean, just look I, I think you're giving too, you're being too generous and giving too much credit to these people who are who are genuinely out like you said Dave to keep it a secret but ultimately right. they're doing something that is violating the trust which I believe a sacred trust they're putting their partners at risk of disease and and who fucking knows what kind of a of a What's the Glenn Close, uh, Michael Douglas movie? Yeah, yeah. Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction kind of a fucking situation. Don't worry, I'll help you out, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, movie guy over here. (laughs) Right. I'm the worst movie guy ever. So so what do you think? Would you join me in shitting on Sable? Yeah, Sable does have a... He's got a polyamorous... Like, there's some... He's got a polyamorous bug somewhere. Because it's coming, Dave. It's happening. (laughs) There's no getting around it. Not between you and me. No. Oh, yeah, it's coming already. It seems like it is between you guys. (laughs) There, we're we're just you know like texting and driving, um, all of the we're 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 just learning because we've been cheating for centuries, but now we're just starting to put technology into the mix. It's a little misstep. We'll figure it out. No, um, no, there's no getting around it. They are they are doing something wrong. They were trying to do it without destroying their family unit, though. So, but it's it's they they can't be surprised that this leaked out and happened. It's like, eh, well, I. You right. can't just blame the the hackers are a holes. Listen, too. adultery is still I, I would a say, crime. Look, I did it. I signed up. Uh, okay, adultery is still a crime in twenty one fucking states. Not just the military under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Is it? Is it uh, 20, against the law? In, in I looked still? it up today yeah. they don't, they to don't make sure California is not one of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. That's pretty archaic, though. They don't enforce I think so. It, yeah. Well, it's like anal sex or sodomy, right? Which also includes oral sex. Believe it or not, gentlemen. Yep. Article 125 yeah, of the, of yeah, the, of does, the Uniform baby. Code of Military Justice. And, and how many states is that illegal in where they I don't can know now anymore. have gay marriage? Well, well, no, not anymore because the Supreme Court did rule, I think, in the in the early 90s that those kind of laws are unconstitutional because the what happens in the privacy. It was spurred yeah. by some, some case that happened in fucking, of course, Texas. Mm-hmm. Rick Perry supporter <laughs> over here. Uh, so... I don't know. So anyway, I just I wonder about that. Like the 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 dichotomy, the, the line that's drawn between yes, it is terrible that these people's privacy has been invaded by a group of hackers, and I'm gleeful that fuck these people who are terrible people. 
by the same token, uh, thirty million is a lot. They probably are going to have a lot more. Look, these families might have been going going on for the rest of their lives happy. They no, the no, wife and husband aren't going to know everyone and everybody. They grow old and die. The kids are happy, but now we are going to have a, definitely a lot more broken families over this for sure. There's going to be a lot more divorces over this, and right. that's the question I'm asking here. Is yeah, it, there is for it sure. It will create more, but there's more. A- pain there's a philosophical question to be asked about whether or not that's would you rather live a life where you don't know that you're being fucking made a fool of and and embarrassed by every day you live with your partner or would you rather just go on stupid is as stupid does and you don't know i mean a lot of people probably you might find a coin toss on that some people are like long as i don't know well, and there's another yeah. aspect to it where they're really putting emphasis on the fact that Ashley Madison is ripping people off, right? They're yeah. saying 90 to 95% of these mm, yeah. these individuals are male and that they have fake female profiles. So they're mm-hmm. kind of framing it in the, well, you are being scammed. They're taking your money. They're promising you something that mm. they can't give you. I think that that's probably a strategic mark on their point relative to having the rest of America and the people who are outed. Not hate them? Not like, ah, those fucking hackers. You know, it's kind of a, it's a public information campaign for them. Okay, so they're being deceitful. Right. Well, well, they're hackers. I, w- I would imagine that the group behind it is just being spiteful and angry. Something happened to one of them, they got caught on the site, or they worked there and got fired because they're a douchebag in public, and they can't talk to anyone and look them in the face. And then they got angry because... The information in the in the ten gigabytes, which I haven't had a chance to download and look at yet, <laughs> contains everything about the internals of the company. Yeah, how their computer networks work, what types of accounts connect to which computers. Kind of like the Sony hack was totally an inside job. Yeah, this was also in, you mean inside job like, like there was a person within in the company, the company oh, yeah. providing this information. Yeah, this was somebody who had access internally disgruntled to the life. Yeah. Well, you said, yeah, the, the hackers probably do have, like, obviously they've all cheated on their wives and probably suffered for it. Because the people that are always on these crusades always have a little bit of a problem with, yeah, yeah. with that. Like, I'll bet Fred Phelps, you know, the God Hates Fags guy who's thankfully now dead. Yeah. He probably just had massive, he probably oh, swallowed yeah. enough semen to what, float a battleship, as the, as the kids say. <laughs> as they used to say. As yeah. the kids say. <laughs> so all right. Well, up there. well, moving on to the, the topic du jour directly related to this Ashley Madison thing and the multitudes of people (laughs) who either texted me or messaged me on Facebook through the Facebook page or personally or tweeted us, Ryan, Brett, Nick, Mike, Jeremy, Ramey, Evan, Taylor, Jordan, Dan, the list goes on and on and on. Um, Thank you for alerting us. We wouldn't have known if you hadn't done that. <laughs> well, I like the audience participation, no, of even course. if it's of course. even if it's on a level of, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I'm so excited because I am excited too. That uh, Josh Duggar, the stalwart American with the moral turpitude and moral fortitude, to tell you how you should live your life as he did. <laughs> outside Washington, D.C. just a couple of years ago. I want to talk to you about something that's more important than anything you probably thought about today, and that's your relationship with God. And that's number one to anything else that you could do in your entire life. Because when you come to the end of your life, all these things that you're searching for today 
whether it's fortune or fame or whatever it may be, is going to fade. What's going to matter is your relationship with God. And many of you might say, well, I'm a pretty good person. I try to follow what God has for me. I try to do, I try to let my good outweigh my bad. I try to, to measure up. And that's kind of some of the same things that I, I kind of thought as a young person. I didn't really understand. I thought, well, if I can get by with this, if I don't get caught for this, I'll be okay. But yet, when I measured my life up to God's moral standard, I realized that on the Ten Commandments, I, I had already, already at that point, failed on several accounts. And the way that my life was going, I, I did not have that relationship with God in my life. It's so important, it's so vital that you in your life look at the same thing as I did when I was a young boy. And I realized that God had sent His Son Jesus Christ to die for me, to take the punishment for my sins that I had done. By sending His Son Jesus to die on that cross, Human sacrifice, God allowed everybody. His blood to be the remission for my sins. It means he, he basically he paid my fine. I was destined for hell, and God gave me His grace to have eternal life with Him. And so I just encourage each one of you to look into your own life and say, am I seeking God with my whole heart? So because of his death cult that he belongs to, he believes he has the moral authority to preach that kind of drivel to the American public, all while sitting in the future of a past that involved raping children. Well... He molested children. All right. Well, tomato, tomato. If you if you insert your fingers, your digits into the genitals, I don't think that was confirmed. Brittany holding Jesse's feet to the fire <laughs> once again, everybody. Yeah, I don't think that was. No, okay, we had that conversation. Right, right. I don't think it was confirmed. He, right. he molested five five young girls, four of whom were his sisters. All right. So we don't know the details, whether it be rape. And whatever your definition of rape, mm-hmm. he he had sexual contact with young girls when he was a a man. Well, and and God may have paid his uh his, for his sins, but he didn't pay his credit card bill of nine hundred eighty six dollars <laughs> and seventy six cents. That is exactly right because we haven't mentioned it. Although I think everybody knows, Josh Duggar's name has come up related to this Ashley Madison thing. <laughs> right. And so in the data that was released, they match up his name with his billing address that matches the home in Arkansas that's owned by his grandmother, Mary, and a home that has been consistently shown on their now canceled TV show in which his wife gave birth to their first child. So they confirmed it by linking the address to, I'm assuming, his credit card information. Right. <laughs> and he also, as part of this, signed up for the guaranteed affair package or whatever the fuck they're calling it. And what are some of his sexual interests, Brittany? Um, Conventional sex, experimenting with sex toys, one night stands, open to experimentation, gentleness, good with your hands, sensual massage, (laughs) bubble bath for two, likes to give oral sex, likes to receive oral sex, Mm. someone he can teach, someone who can teach him. So, you know, everything. Sounds very sweet, actually. If he needs to be taught, then what the fuck is he going to (laughs) teach? Was he... Should I play the crickets again? What was the deal with this... (laughs) I like the sound quality on that that interview. Were they was he just standing on a street corner with a sign saying, "I'll annoy yeah. the shit out of you about Jesus for money"? For, he was at for, a podium in an outdoor uh, thing in Washington D.C. Uh, you hear the horns honking. Uh, I'm like, "Hey, fuck you!" <laughs> so seriously, I mean, this guy. And, and uh, listen, I'm not judging him for for the infidelity. 
it's the hypocrisy that bothers me the most. That he has the gall, the temerity to stand in front of a, a pulpit, a, 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 a makeshift podium or whatever in, in, in a street corner in D.C. and speak to throngs of people about how mm-hmm. they need to turn their life over to the, the transformational power of the grace of Jesus Christ. Well, and it's not even that for me. He's the executive director or was of the Family Research Council, which is a conservative lobbying group in D.C., which seeks to, quote, champion marriage and family as the foundation of civilization, the seedbed of virtue and the wellspring of society. Uh, and yeah. he talks about the sanctity <laughs> of marriage. That's why he's against gay marriage. Right. But so what's this? Well, obviously, he respects the sanctity of his marriage. <laughs> and them queers, they don't get to marry. Because I'm, oh, here we go. I'm, I'm missing the boat. I didn't <laughs> My marriage is sacred. But not you, boys. And girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's terrible. He's a terrible human being. Especially terrible when, like, like I kind of ties into what I was saying about Fred Phelps, but although that was unconfirmed, I just made that up. He swallowed a lot of semen. Um, but guys like this, this is, you know, Dennis Prager is. You ever listen to Dennis Prager? Yes. No, I don't listen to him. But I know heard he of him. But he's mentioned before that, uh, you know, I, but I, you know, you know, I'm probably pretty much an atheist. I mean, I call myself an agnatheist between an agno- agnostic nice. and atheist. But, you know, he's saying that ca- the, the real meaning of carrying God's name in vain is this type of thing. Like, I'm yeah. a man of God, but I'm doing this, this mm-hmm. shit. Which is all of them. It's, it ex- yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, name one who yeah. is truly righteous and beyond reproach because wow, there's no such listen, thing of, yeah, they but. can say i'm not perfect i'm just forgiven as you're violating your oath to your wife which apparently is more sacred mm-hmm. than my relationship because i'm not married and more sacred than steve and then adam and steve's <laughs> but because you have a woman a wife it's more sacred so sacred that you want to go cheat and have bubble bath for two with whomever you can find on this fucking website, which you've paid to have a guaranteed yeah. affair. You wanted the Cadillac package there, right? Well, I mean, some people might not be able to blame him. I mean, his wife did have three kids. She might be not quite as prime as she was when she was younger. <laughs> I think they met when they were both early teenagers. So Right, so he yeah. used that well up, and now he needs to... Move on yeah. to the next young thing. Exactly. Is there an age... Um, category was he asking for someone real, real young? No, there is. That does seem to be his flavor. Mm-hmm. All right, so and I haven't mentioned the phone number the entire time, so this will be the point at which we do that. If you would like to sound off about this or any other topic, this show or any other six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine, that is where you do it. If you are voicemail averse, you can email us a voice memo from your smartphone. Email address, I doubt it, at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you about this and, like I said, anything else. All right, moving on to bigger and better things. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget, and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. And now the moment you've been waiting for, the four-person segment, soon-to-be-award-winning <laughs> Dolomocracy. 
Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So apparently Ben Carson, who believes that if you go into prison straight and you come out gay, it was because of prison and not because of your genetics, he also believes that we should start using drones to eviscerate caves on American soil to combat immigration at the border. Right. He said he is open to using military drone strikes on American soil to secure the border. Quote, you look at some of these caves and things out there, one drone strike, boom, and they're gone. So apparently he's going to, like, farmers and ranchers in Texas and Arizona, he he doesn't have any qualms about military-grade strikes on their property. What could go wrong? I mean, come on. (laughs) Fucking bizarre. It really is. This guy is not ready for prime time. Well, maybe he's following Donald Trump's lead, right? So Donald Trump is doing so well saying these wacky things. And right. he thinks, well, how do I get in the spotlight? I guess I need to start acting crazy. It, it doesn't... It, it, that's the only thing I... Well, it's not the only thing I can think that of. Is, I mean, he's just a pretty strange thing. I hadn't heard that, so that's it, a strange... And I, I always thought he was probably the smartest, most accomplished person in the field, being the brain surgeon who's no, actually for sure. helped... Literally thousands of people, and with his own hands, saved well, people's lives and stuff. We've talked on the show before that it, it, you don't. It doesn't. Ne- a brain surgeon or a heart surgeon doesn't necessarily a genius make. Oh sure. Uh, Doctor Oz brings in <laughs> Rike. Oh, where they wave energy. Mm-hmm. Uh. Does he? Yes. Oh, God, he steps away either. from the table and mm-hmm. lets these idiots wave their hands for energy purposes over the open chest of mm-hmm. his patients. Wow. And I don't want to get into the weeds here about it, but Ben Carson is another one of these guys. He is a seventh day, a devout Seventh Day Adventist. Mm-hmm. Which up until the eighties, a lot of Seventh Day Adventists believed that there were these blue Sunday laws that Reagan, Ronald Reagan, was enacting laws that would there would be criminal penalties for going to church on any other day <laughs> than Sunday. That was a very <laughs> widespread belief in the Seventh Day Adventist Church. So, I don't know. It's He's a nut. I mean, not even to mention posse comitatus and all these other com- prohibitions against military action right. on American soil. It's, well, it's he, just, he's stupid. He clearly has no idea what a military strike would do. Oh, yeah. No shit. No, a drone. Right. No, no matter what's going on south of Arizona, you know, if you, if you go to Tucson and you drive south, there are big signs. Like, it's not safe. Don't, this is American soil, and you cannot go there. Right. Because people, whether they're American citizens or Mexican citizens, are being killed. They're beheaded. The cartel. Stuff is happening south of Arizona that is way beyond our control. And yeah. we definitely need to intervene. But that's uh, that's not getting the, the, the military. Is just a little more sensible. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree that, there's something, that something needs to be done at our southern border. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with that. But calling in a drone as though it's the Yemeni countryside is not... Absolutely not. That's not it. We have a border patrol. We have people trained who are experts, who don't have the manpower, who yeah, don't have the authority. I agree. I agree. It's sort of... When when I was in uh, Fort Huachuca, southern Arizona, it was sort of the joke when you knew border patrol guys. Like, yeah, you know, I picked up this guy again. I said, all right, I'm going to drop you off. I'll see you next week. Yeah. It was literally... I caught you again. So, I'm going to drop you off over here in uh, Nogales, and I'll see you next week. Of course. Yeah. Is, was he saying that there's, like, 
cave Mexicans living in these or something? Or well, are they, I think that are they st- stashing drugs there or something in the I, movie? What are I they wouldn't doing? be as bold as to try to decipher and interpret uh, ben, Car- <laughs> ben Carson, but I think that's what he believes, that there's hiding places. Uh-huh. And then, so, so apparently, emigrating or illegally entering our country, being an illegal alien is now mm-hmm. subject to the death penalty by military <laughs> means, according to Ben Carson, which... Feel how you do about illegal immigration, and it it's it is taking a financial toll on our country. Yeah. Some would believe cultural, uh, me not so much, but uh, it's not a capital offense. You don't get to murder someone no, by military it, means because they send the are, fucking country. If you are like a, a murderer who's already coming across, and you happen to die in a drone strike, I don't care. But yeah, you can't. Right. You're not. The drones aren't screening your. Your, they're not facial recognition well, and looking for your credit, right. your if, history. If you're a murderer, if, if you're a murderer, there are some coming across the border who are murderers, no doubt. I'm that's sure. fine. Then you are subject to due process of law. Yeah, yeah. Right. You, not summary execution by fucking drone. Sure, sure. Ben Carson. Well, if, yeah, that is, if that not, is very if wacky. They're not citizens. They're Good not Lord. subject to due process of law. They, and and if we gave the border patrol different authority, they could enact judgments right then and there. Might he, they are subject to due process of law. We have a we have a system of justice and law, even for illegal immigrants, yeah, that, or that, even if you're visiting which, here, which, right? which, which is deportation after fair hearing and understanding that you are. Then you go back. We are wildly out of touch relative to how we are prosecuting our laws and enacting our laws. We're not following through, but, but that doesn't still, mean they're not there. We're still under the rule of law. Which is better than Saudi Arabia? Yeah, of course, of course. Which is better than many places? No, I'm listen. <laughs> you're fucking preaching to the. I, if I had choir music loaded up, I'd be fucking playing choir <laughs> music right now. <laughs> Might he have been talking though? Maybe just about destroying the caves so they can't be used. Possibly. That seems like a more so he's going to destroy structures on private property with a fucking. There's no way around it. Yeah, it's weird. It's it is wacky. weird. I'm not. I'm not yeah. going to argue with no, that. It's a very weird comment. The, you don't bring the military in. No. Um, yeah. th- this is why we have the National Guard. We have the reserve. Yes. We have local military, county, groups, state police. We have federal sheriff. agencies yep. like the Border Patrol. Now, as Dave loves it when I say, I've heard him say it on the show. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> I was working on your laugh, but I couldn't quite... Uh, Hillary Clinton, you do some good impressions. It's good. Everybody should check out you. the show. It's like one long commercial for your show. It's good. <laughs> oh, that's uh, theindispensableshow.com. You can find us on iTunes and everywhere the fine podcasts are served. Thanks. Hillary Ricky. Clinton is embroiled in what liberals would love to go away. This email controversy related to the server that was stored in a closet in her bathroom in her house in Chappaqua, New York... It's not going away. A reporter asked her a question yesterday, and this is how it went down. Last one, NBC is saying that the FBI believes that you tried to wipe the entire server. Did you try to wipe the entire, so that there'd be no email, no personal, no official, wipe the whole thing? Well, my personal emails are my personal business, right? right? So so we went through a painstaking process and turned over 55,000 pages of anything we thought could be work-related. Under the law, that decision is made by the official. I was the official. I made those decisions. And as I just said, over 1,200 of the emails have already been deemed not work-related. Now, all I can tell you is, in retrospect, if I'd used a government account and I had said, you know, let's release everything, 
let's let everybody in America see what I did for four years, we would have the same arguments. So that, that's all I can say. I'm not, you know, I don't, I have no idea. That's why we turned it over. We were in charge of it. You were the official in charge. Did you wipe the server? What, like with a cloth or something? I don't know. Well, you no. know how it works digitally. Did you try to write the whole thing? I don't know how it works digitally at all. I do not so have you any... Try. You did not try. And I know you want to make a point, and I can just repeat what I have said. It's a simple in order to In order to be as cooperative as possible, we have turned over the server. They can do whatever they want to with the server to figure out what's there or what's not there. That's for the you know people investigating it to try to figure out. But we turned over everything that was work-related, every single thing. Personal stuff, we did not. I had no obligation to do so and did not. All right. Thank you all. Thank you. There's a lot here. There is a lot here. There's one thing that I want to point out before we move any further, and it's this. Well, well my personal emails are my personal business, right? Absolutely. Her personal emails are her personal business. That is why her personal emails should have been stored on a personal server and her government official business related to matters of national security should have been on a national, federally owned and operated and maintained and secured server. This problem is her problem that she created and I believe, and the audience may not, and I'd love to hear from you, and I guess that gives me a nice little opportunity to talk about the phone number. 657-464-7609. If you don't agree, let us know. But I believe this was premeditated. I believe she went into this knowing that create some kind of a buffer between her and whatever. She did this on purpose and now is going to face the consequences. And her poll numbers are showing that she's not faring well. She's still She has like a 56% distrust rating amongst all voters it's uh it's not looking good for her no. so the odd thing about this and i'll ever i'll let everybody chime in here is she's refusing to answer the question that's asked and when it starts getting terse after she says i was the official in charge i was the one to make the decision then the reporter says well if you were the one to make the decision was the server wiped and she gets all stumbly and bumbly and uh, 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 and can't answer the question so that that's all I can say. I I'm I'm not, you know I don't I have no idea. That's why we turned it over. We were in charge of it. You were the official in charge. Did you wipe the server? What like with a cloth or something? I don't know. Well, you no. know how it works digitally. Did you try to wipe the whole server? I don't know how it works digitally at all. I do not have any. You did not try. And I know you want to make a point, and I can just repeat what I have said. In order to in order to be as cooperative as possible. We have turned over the server. They can do whatever they want to with the server to figure out what's there, what's not there. And that's the other thing. She's putting this in a vein as though she volunteered to the Justice Department to give the server over. They they requested the server. She's given it over. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, hey, well, if you guys want to look at it, oh, look, you do your thing. And I even saw it reported that way, too, because, you know... Most of the press, they like her. They're kind of in the tank yeah, for her. And yeah. they, like I, I had tweeted the other day too that you know if if she was arrested by the FBI, I would say you know Hillary orders the FBI to escort her to Washington. <laughs> you know that's how it would read. It's like oh god. Yeah. So so this isn't going unnoticed by the American people. This is certainly not just guys like us, people like us who are. 
apprehensive about the honesty of Hillary <laughs> and, by extension, Bill Clinton, um, it looks like the rest of the American people, from from the point about a year ago when she had a 26% disapproval rating until now, that number has increased greatly. Hefty. Well, I don't know if it's, you know, an indictment of Hillary Clinton or something about Donald Trump, because the latest CNN ORC poll has Donald Trump um, trailing Hillary Clinton by just six points. Six points. In a general election type poll. That is, that is, uh, there's no, I mean, that's fucking scary. (laughs) I have said boldly proclaimed on this show that if Trump wins the nomination for the, for the Republicans, I will not only vote for Hillary Clinton, but I will actively campaign for her because he is a dangerous individual. He is dangerous. He's not just this wacky reality star. He's a dangerous human being with a, a wild and out of control ego that is dangerous for America, our position of power in the world. <laughs> Even better. Uh, I know I, you don't agree. I, yeah, I'm not as scared of him uh, because uh, it, it might end up being, if, if he were elected, it could end up being like a Jesse the Body Ventura situation. And he got into the government. Yeah, he was the governor he was of Minnesota. The governor, that's right, all. Yeah, the governor, but what happened is he didn't have, he didn't really have a coalition of anybody. He kind of went in as an independent, so he couldn't do anything. Well, but the president can. He can send through police action for 90 yeah, days the United States actions, military. And, yeah. He can order drone strikes. Out of out of American airspace, he's a dangerous individual who doesn't understand because he's not that smart. Listen, we had a listener send us a voicemail last episode or the episode before, and he made a great point that Donald Trump was born on a pile. This is this is the caller was born on a pile of money and turned that pile of money into a bigger pile of money. (laughs) He's not some fucking financial (laughs) genius who was born under a shroud and pulled himself out by his bootstraps. I hate that phrase and (laughs) and made himself what he is today. He was he was born to a multimillionaire father. Well, in keeping with the founding fathers ideas of the non career politician leaders. That's why he doesn't scare me so much. He's not a politician. I don't think I don't think he's going to be that crazy if he actually gets into the office. I really just don't. So or that's he, why I'm not scared of him. He might try to be, but it might be like Obama made us a lot, a lot of promises and then didn't deliver on them. Well, I just pray to the god that does not exist that the Democrats <laughs> that the Democrats take over Congress if he wins the because then so gridlock he, will happen and and he could little also, damage. Could I'm be a fan done. of gridlock. Yeah, me too. Actually, he could also yeah. not deliver on promises. So if it was if it was within the scope of the law for uh, Hillary to run her own email server, if this was an approved activity where they said if you follow these guidelines, right, we're gonna make this happen, and setting up your own email server on a machine in your house is not that hard to do. Right, if you're a little technical, sure. you can make it happen. But if I own the email address at the .mil or .gov or whatever her official email is, that requires an internal system administrator to make changes that no one on her team would have access to. And what are you saying? I got lost. Are you, are you defending yeah, her? You're nerding nerd out on me. Nerd I'm alert. saying that on the, on the technical <laughs> level, you have to be able to get in and have control of the domain. You have to, they're called MX records to change the mail records. Somebody approved that. 
And if she was within the scope, no, of, no, 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 she, she was, was in the scope. They did give her authorization, but then when shit went down and they said, "Listen, we want your emails from your server," right? She said, "Oh, here's what I'm gonna give you." Right. I'm I'm gonna make the decision. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make the choice personally about what was personal and what was business related. What was State Department, United States government right. related. So we had to take her word, and I'm using giant air quotes here. <laughs> we had to take her word for it that she was doing right by the American people. And it appears that maybe she wasn't. And That's she's my a, point. She is a Clinton, and they're very good at hedge at like Throwing a word in there that gives them an out, like when right. she was saying, well, that you notice she didn't fucking say. Well, what's the definition? She was just of kept white. saying how many emails she did turn over. I'm like, I don't, I don't care how many you did turn over. Right. They it, wanted well, listen, all of even, them. Even if we're talking about four emails, and now right. it's coming out that maybe because I've been talking about this, if it was just secret information classified as secret, I don't have as big a problem about that because that could be information right. you could find in a fucking IKEA catalog. Right. However, if it's if it's labeled top secret or has a top secret classification, a letter classification above that, that's a big deal. And that makes the information could be damaging to the United States and shouldn't be held on some fucking server in her bathroom. And and those those communications, we we would have to hear from somebody who's working internally in government now. Those communications, top secret, well there's a few levels above secret. Those are supposed to be on a completely different system where you sit down at a special machine hmm. that has special access to the top secret files. That's well, why that's why Manning had to get a USB drive. Right. It's it's the one point of this that really makes me laugh is early on in this she used to always say, "Yeah, but it's guarded by the server's guarded by the secret service." Yeah, like the hacker's going to come in right. with a chisel and like right. try to like, get into it. Like team like the impact <laughs> team on the Ashley Madison, like they came in with their fucking cat burglar uniforms <laughs> and and put the USB drive that you were just talking about into the computer. No, they guys, remotely accessed the those system. Those guys probably did actually go in to install their stuff <laughs> then to get it anyways. And the word she used too, she said I we turned over things that were clearly marked top secret, but that leaves her an out to say, well, I I didn't think well, that it was wasn't clearly, clearly yeah. marked. I mean, yeah. I've never seen it. Obviously, I don't have a security clearance. I don't know what they look like when they're clearly marked, but she, that leaves her an out to say, well, I don't, in my opinion, that was not clearly marked. Well, like and Clinton's then always doing that when the reporter asked the question, did you, did you authorize the server to be wiped? She, she fumbles, she fucks, around. Hey, there yeah. you go. Little. She's she's little, making a story. Little uh little 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 Jewish little Jewish talk. Futzes. <laughs> a, a Yiddish joke, yeah. Yeah, Yiddish. a little yeah. Did she kvetch too? The, the, the just... Goyish is making a joke. <laughs> the Goyish. I, you know the Goy is a word in words with friends. I use Goy all the fucking time. Oh nice. <laughs> this Goy uses Goy a lot. Autocorrect makes it say guy. Yeah? Uh-huh. You know you know right. you're not using it enough. <laughs> Can I ask to just jump in? I'm a little angry they call it email gate instead of server gate. Yeah. Because don't we know the drill by now? You. I mean, you, I, you say, pick, yeah, pick I say yeah. I say yeah enthusiastically to agree. Not because I think it's a big deal, but but why well, why do you think that? Well, we we know you just take the word that rhymes that that has an R sound like Watergate, and you put oh, it. We know this right, by now. Right, plus right. I plus I'm the one that started started server gate, so I wanted it to catch on. Oh, so I'm trying, to get, a little, trying to get a little traction on my <laughs> server gate hashtag server gate. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag indispensable Thursday show. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's lots of them. We could start a lot of them. So why wasn't she prepped to have a better response and answer to this question, though? That's that's my question. It is perplexing because the Clinton machine, as I've referred to it many times, and I didn't coin that. That's something that's even when Bill Clinton was running, 
the Teflon Don, Bill Clinton himself, they very well prepped, very well uh, right. instructed on how to answer questions like this. I mean, I'm sure she was went through rounds of possible questions that could be answered. Asked. Well, apparently she does not, not have this his one. skill. She yeah. does not have his his she, acumen. I, I, she's not ready. I, I, in fact, I think this. I was talking to Brittany about this off mic uh, earlier today, and I said that. It's interesting because earlier when this was going on, I was saying, people were saying, this is what's going to bring Hillary Clinton down. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I think, eh, I don't know. But now, I'm still saying I don't know, but it's way more possible that this really could be a big fucking deal and bring down her possible and, and presidency. And this is sort of obfuscating. Like, I don't think she ever should have been made Secretary of State. She had no business being in that office, I don't think. I don't think she so either. no I, accomplishments well, I, whatsoever to point to. Or that... Over. Our Why was she even there? Our flavors agree on that. I don't think... Well, because John Kerry, love him or hate him, and I'm not a Giant fan, he has actually done some shit. He has actually accomplished something. Something has happened. And it's not even that an ambassador didn't die on his watch or wasn't murdered on his watch. It's, you know, this Iran deal, like it or hate it, they're, they're doing something. With Hillary Clinton, what the fuck? Nothing. She just flew around and, you know, gathered money for her Clinton Foundation right. the entire right. time. So yeah, seems that way. No good. All right, moving on. Mike Huckabee. Moving on. Moving on. Mike Huckabee. Goddamn! <laughs> you think that he couldn't put his foot in his mouth anymore and be more of a dirty hillbilly jackass? He was questioned this week on CNN about Paraguay in a situation where a ten-year-old girl or an eleven-year-old girl was forced to have an abortion after having been raped by her stepdad, and this was the interaction ask about a story because it's really getting a lot of attention from our readers on CNN.com. A 10-year-old girl was raped by her stepfather in Paraguay, and the government wouldn't allow her to have an abortion because that's the policy there. The girl, who's now just 11, had the baby. If you're president and you have your druthers, that would be the policy here. Some of your Republican opponents say it's too extreme. What do you say? I think what we have to do, Dana, is remember that creating one problem uh, that is horrible. Uh, horrible. I mean, let nobody uh, be misled. A 10-year-old girl being raped is horrible. But does it solve a problem by taking the life of an innocent child? And that's really the issue. I know people, I worked for a man for several years, James Robison, who was uh, the result of a, of a rape. His mother went to three doctors in Houston, Texas in 1943, begged doctors to, uh, to abort the baby. None of them would do it. They all refused. Today, his organization feeds, cares for, living capacity for water to hundreds of thousands of people across the world. That would never have happened, Dana. So when I, when I think about uh, one horror, I also think about the possibilities that exist. And I, and I just don't want to think that Somehow we discount a human life. And that's, and that's understandable, but you know, the flip side is looking in the eyes of a 10 year old girl, uh, saying, you know, you had this horrible thing happen to you and you're gonna have to carry it out for the next nine months. I mean, that, that's also not easy. No, it isn't easy. And I, I, I wouldn't even pretend that it's anything other than, uh, a, a terrible tragedy. But let's not compound the tragedy by taking yet another life. And I always think we sometimes miss the fact that when an abortion happens, there are two victims. One is the child. The other uh, is that birth mother who often will go through extraordinary guilt years later when she begins to think through the, the, what, what happened. 
with the baby, with her. And uh, again, there are no easy answers here. And I realize there are some people that will be very different in their view of this than me, and I respect that. I don't want to get into a shouting match with people who think I'm wrong. I respect that. But I just come down on the side that uh, life is precious. Every life has uh, worth and value. I don't think we discount uh, the, the, the intrinsic worth of any human being. And I don't know where else to go with it but just to be consistent and say, if life matters, and that's a person, then every life matters. Two things. One, holy anecdotal evidence. Are you are you kidding me? I know. Well, I know one guy. I know a guy who was, you know, his 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 mom could have aborted him. Let me tell you a story. I could have been aborted. Roe versus Wade had just passed, and my mom, who got pregnant by a married man when when she was nineteen years old, could have aborted me. In fact, much of the family said. Eh, maybe you should, uh, you know, have the, have the pipes cleaned out and move on and, and, and move on with your life. Well, she didn't. And here I am. I haven't cured cancer and I haven't, you know, made clean water available to if all she of Africa. If she would have seen you now, she might have reconsidered, you know. <laughs> that, actually, you're speaking some truth there. <laughs> so his anecdotal evidence is just a little, it's a shaky because there are millions of women whose lives would be ruined by pregnancies. And if they can take care of the pregnancy early on, who, come on. How far along was this girl? Did, did they ever say? Well, she wasn't allowed to have an abortion. It doesn't matter. Well, like when, when it came. Yeah, right, I guess. But uh, I'm sure yeah. when she was 10 and had a baby bump, yeah. they were like, hmm, yeah, well, what's she's it? not eating a lot of marshmallows. I, I, really, if it's eight and a half months in, I would say just have the baby no, and no, adopt. No. So, really. would, so would I at eight and a half months. Yeah. Um, the policy in Paraguay is far more draconian than it is here relative to abortion because of the ingrained Catholic faith, that particular flavor of mythology, which doesn't even allow people to, to wear condoms right. because that is a sin against their sacrifice, their blood sacrifice. Are Paraguayans, are Paraguayans really as valuable as regular humans? <laughs> I, come, really? Hey, every sperm is sacred. Right. Well, that's I that's an Old kid. Testament thing. It's better <laughs> yeah. to put your seed into the belly of a whore than to spill it on the rocks. This is an Old Testament shit. <laughs> I like that one. I never heard that one. That's, I like that that's one. a real scripture. <laughs> so it certainly feels better. The yeah. second thing is when he says there's no easy answers here, as he gives a super easy answer. Well, yeah, no abortion. That's easy. A 10-year-old gets brutally raped by her stepfather. Sorry. You have to carry it to term. And live with the child for your entire life. Yeah. Because of the decision no, that somebody can, else... they can't adopt out in Paraguay? Do they? I mean, she could give it up for adoption, right? That doesn't change the fact that she was the mother of a child. She's living yeah. with... Living with the thought of it, the memory. And then sure, giving sure. birth to a child. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. It, it doesn't change for her. She will always be the mother of that child, even if she gave it away. She probably would love the child, too. Well, and that's a whole other level of guilt that, that he was talking about, right? He's saying that she may regret her abortion for the rest of her life. Well, would she also regret giving her child away? That's another struggle that women have when they yeah, put yeah. their babies up for adoption. And so it's just weird that he would fall on the side or default to the side of yeah we should force a 10 year old to carry a baby because she got raped we should force her to do that it, it, shouldn't you default to well what does that person want to do right well and like listen dave had a good point see we're, we're oh. coming together here uh, we uh -oh. are yeah uh -oh. our, our different flavors are going to be like chocolate fudge brownie and rocky road like <laughs> well, mostly the same i think it's going to maybe maybe french vanilla and vanilla bean <laughs> yeah right 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 <laughs> 
So, so we've been through these arguments all the way back to Roe versus Wade. And the results we've seen from the woman having the choice, you know, we, there's a line. Maybe you don't want to abort it at eight, at eight months. Like, I, I think that's wrong. If the baby could live, I don't think you Absolutely should. Absolutely wrong. Listen, I, I don't think you should do that. I, I don't have a problem with eight, with, with saying eight and a half months, you're, you're, that's mur- you're murdering a yeah, baby. You are. You at are. Six months, I think you're murdering a, listen, it, at some point, and liberals don't want to talk about this. And, 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 uh, you know, as centrist as I am, and still conservative, but centrist, I don't have a problem if you get pregnant and you have, take the morning after pill. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem if you're pregnant and you have an abortion at one month, at two months, at three months, even four months, let's say. But s- at some point, that group of cells becomes a yeah. baby. And at some point, as a society, we have to say, yeah, listen... I'm sorry you didn't make the decision by five and a half or six months. Right. But you got to keep it now. And then you can give it up for adoption. But now we, there is something in there to be protected. So I'm not, I'm not pro-life, pro-life guy. I am pro-choice. But, you know, at some point you have a future American in there. And just as I <laughs> support the rights future of taxpayer. gays, even though I'm not gay, right. I support the rights of future Americans and fetuses, even though I'm not... I mean, there's got to be some empathy there. I'm totally down with side. everything uh, Jesse said. And this, yeah. well, and but this is what we're we we do. We protect those children. But why is it his decision that a woman, 18 Who's years old, the father or Bernie? Mike Huckabee. Why Huckabee. is it Bernie? Mike, Mike Huckabee. Bernie Huckabee. Sanders or uh, or Cruz's or Trumps? Or, are, are you playing the male? Don't I'm just saying. Don't wh- put your laws on my body. Why argument? is it his decision that that you know the 18 year old that fooled around got pregnant can't correct her mistake that she doesn't want to live with i think we have we have in place a pretty good setup yeah i think so too and we should uh, well, let the woman decide here's here's the problem and it's it's when when guys like scott walker who i think is a douche i think he's a terrible candidate he's a the only non-college graduate running for president of the united Woo-hoo! states right now that makes me governor like of more. wisconsin i'm starting to like him more <laughs> um and he he passed a a twenty or twenty one week ban on abortions in Wisconsin, and you know I, I don't know that I have a big problem with that. That's five months. And I, listen, I know that I'm going to get a lot of shit from my audience right now. It's not something that I shied away from. I've said this in the past six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine for all you ladies who are angry that I'm talking about your body. But at some point, it's not just your body. Mm-hmm. There's something else going on in there. Yeah, and that's absolutely. just rational. That's yeah, right. reasonable. Yeah. To take the Richard Dawkins approach where he thinks that, listen, if it's only been outside of the womb for 15 minutes, you should be able to kill it. Uh, obviously, I'm being facetious. But to have a wild view on abortion like that, I think, is radical. And a more reasonable approach has far more efficacy for our society. And there, there definitely is no set day. Every, every human develops at a different rate, but there's definitely a window somewhere. We don't know. At some point, that human in there is probably infused with whatever we all think of as a soul, whatever uh, it is. You don't look at me and talk about me thinking about a soul. There's well, no soul, Well, brother. there's something inside <laughs> your... There's like a, some sort of a thing inside you that makes you Jesse. And, it's, yeah. his yeah, it's his and, brain and the neurons that He's, fire. He does have one of those. Okay. And I, <laughs> Dave, Dave, I have a different one. You're, you're looking and I'm for Dave, a viable I can't, I can't transfer my meanness into his Jesse-ness. 
I don't much want, as I'd like to. I don't want your Eunice inside <laughs> of my Minus. But uh, yeah, um, I have no idea where I was going with that. But uh, now I forgot. Well, but I am an ex, as an ex fetus, as an ex fetus, I would we, not, I would not hold it against a young we, girl who aborted me in early stage. I would say, hey, you're a no form, harm, no you're foul. A, you're a former fetus, not an right. ex fetus. Okay, right, former fetus. I, yeah. I guess that's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to Brittany's favorite subject of the day, and probably Sable's favorite subject of the day, fellow Jew, Bernie Sanders <laughs> was interviewed by the New York Times, and he was asked to define reasons why socialism would be best for the United States. Well, kind of. Um, well, then you tell me it, what it is. It would is. be helpful for you to have the article in front of you. Well, again, for the audience's sake, and the gentleman sitting here with us, I have nothing in front of me. I have the computer... With some sound clips, and and I don't have the articles. We need, we need, the, speaking, we we need you, the lovely Brett. news person. I'm speaking extemporaneously stories. and often stupidly. Okay, so the first question that the New York Times asked was, "Do you think President Obama is a socialist?" And Bernie Sanders said, "No." Then they asked, "What is your elevator?" Because it takes one to know one. Yes. Yeah. What is your elevator pitch for socialism? My elevator pitch is that the United States has a grotesque level of income and wealth inequality where the top one-tenth of 1% owns almost as much wealth as the bottom 90%, where almost 20% of our children are living in poverty, 40% of African-American children are living in poverty. We are moving rapidly toward an oligarchic form of society where a small number of families control not only the economy, but our political system as well. It is imperative that we develop a strong political movement that says to the billion in our class, they cannot have it all. And that's his elevator pitch. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't sell me. He didn't It'd sell have to me. Be in the Sears Tower because that would Listen, take a while. There, there is a lot there that he said that is all true. I don't think anything, any statistic, any number that he laid out is incorrect. But I don't know that democratic socialism would be the answer, the to cure what ails us relative to the forty percent of black children in poverty. I believe that we, and this might be where we part ways. Mr. Dave, <laughs> but I do believe that some investment needs to be made because the way we budget and the way we we allocate funds toward re uh, toward toward welfare type uh, payments, we could do it far more wisely and far more conservatively. But it would cost us more in the short term and far less in the long term. And since we budget generationally. Because this country, we're not looking at, ah, we're going to be around for the next 20 years. Let's think about how we should spend our money. We want to be around for the next thousand years. Let's think about how we want to spend our money. When you have these, these, these women on welfare who have kids and they, their families, their children and them, they fall into this, this cycle of welfare. What better way to, to end that cycle of welfare than to pay for their college? And if you got to pay for their daycare while they're in college, then you do that. Mm -hmm. And then when they have a college degree, they have a far better chance of getting a good job. And then when they have a college degree and have a job, there will be an expectation for their kids to go to college. And they'll have the money and the resources to send their kids to college. So ultimately, initially, let's say, you're going you're gonna to spend more money. You're going to do it. But in the long term, through attrition, the welfare roles are going to diminish greatly. Th that's my plan, and when I'm king, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and there's no good reason that we don't have a system in place now. We pay more per person than they do in Germany, than they do in actual socialist economies. We pay more in taxes. We pay more for health insurance. More money comes out of our paycheck. 
and yeah. we're not getting the same benefits. Why? Well, it's because we pay for so much. Well, we also have the most expensive, powerful military than the, the, than the next. We are number one, and we spend more than the next. I wish I knew the fucking number, but I think it's like 25 countries. It's Combined. something, it's something Combined. crazy. Well, we have to have that to protect the countries that have no military, like Sweden. World I mean, there are like teenagers living in their parents' garage. They get to do the cool, uh, well, the let, cool socialist stuff, but they don't have to have a military at all. Let's, we, will, uh, we will come to their aid. Let's uh, let's ask our Scandinavian <laughs> listeners, and there are many, what they feel about what Dave yes. just said about Sweden, Denmark, and Northern Europe. I guess Alexander uh, is not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I like everything you said. It, you know, theoretically, I, that's not it's horrible. It's not. It's a nice no, idea no, no. to pay I for love, their. That's I always listen. You're talking to the fucking master here, Dave. When you say, well, in theory, that's really great. It's a nice thing. Where does to, it fall? It's a nice thing to pay for their education. But when the government pays for the education, this is what drives the cost up. And it keeps going up. The more the government starts paying for education, you'll find that... But you're not paying for everybody's education. The poor people's. Listen, the, the, mine, the blacks you were talking the, about, right? Mine. The government is already paying for your education. That's why it's so expensive now, yes. And, and the, pro- is- the problem is that it doesn't, it doesn't pay for it all. So what happens is you go to a community college in California, you pay whatever per unit, let's say it's $150 a class, and that might even be a stretch for some people to get that and the book. You know, you figure the the least expensive, best value education, you're going to spend $300 a class on materials. But that's not even a part of what it costs to operate the class. In full disclosure, I want to let everybody know that Sable <laughs> is a community college professor, so you do have some... Some the the breadth and width of your understanding. You're not just talking out of your ass right now. I've been in in higher ed. I was at the in the Cal State system for nine years, and I've been in the community college system now for this is my sixth year. Okay. So coming from the perspective of here are students that are coming into the various systems. If we well, and we did at one point pay for all of the college in in California, you could go to a UC or a community college. Up until I don't remember what I don't I wasn't alive then. So you're Sometime saying you're, you're saying that Donald Trump, Ivanka Trump, if she wanted to go, if they lived here and she wanted to go to UC Irvine, she would have not paid. Is that what you're saying? UC Irvine should be for all Southern California residents. If you could get in, you should be able to just go. Do you right, believe I, that? Right. I believe that. I don't believe that. See, eventually the costs get so high. So here's 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 why. Because let's let's say iPads cost five hundred dollars. The government starts giving people you know uh, two hundred dollar vouchers toward iPads. You after a little while you'll see, gee, iPads cost seven hundred dollars now. They still they the 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 tide kind of rises up because they know everyone's getting two hundred dollars extra, so they kind of end up. Getting their five hundred dollars anyway. Is this something you're just saying that you believe, or do you have this some? Is, this is sort of like basic economics. To- Tom Sowell, basic economics. Tom Sowell, basic economics. Right, right. Well, the, yeah. the way that the way that Jesse was framing it is that it's an investment, right? So you pay for someone's college that might have not gone to college, might have ended up on welfare, might have gotten pregnant as a teenager, get on welfare, yeah, and yeah. continue that cycle and just live that way and, for forever. And those, those programs all exist right now, and we spend in California... They don't exist right now. Ridiculous amounts of money. Oh, we, they do. If, Not on a national level, Sable. Well, we, Maybe in California, and I can only which speak, cannot be... It's not run correctly here. It's, it's not, but if you were a single mom in California and you wanted to go back to college, we have programs, CalWorks, we have programs 
uh, EOPS. If you have any kind of disability, we have these student services, which is a huge amount of the budget. And then we have another huge amount of budget to do reporting and statistics and getting information back to the state to make sure we get our small little chunk from them. Sure. So they can go to the federal government and get their chunk. But I'm talking about doing it on a broad level and then have an accountability in place. You have to have some accountability in place to the student. Right. That, listen, we're investing in you. Us as Americans and taxpayers, we're investing in you, lady. Mm-hmm. Or man, and we expect some return on our investment. They are going to come out of the college dirty, hit, filthy hippies too, though the lefties. Well, all I would rather them. have all that. I would rather have a dirty, filthy hippie that I don't have to pay for anymore. Yep. Than than a conservative who's on welfare for the rest of their lives. I'm I'm actually coming out of my education less of a lefty. So huh. I'm an outlier. Serious? Really? Seriously? I'm an outlier. Yes. That's because you're sitting across the table from. Jesse Dollar. <laughs> that would be why. But I'm also someone who I was invested in, right? So my entire undergraduate career, I received Pell Grants from the government. Mm-hmm. And Me I too. still receive grants from the state of California in my graduate program because I come from a family where I was, you know, on my own completely from a very young age. So they invested in me and I take that seriously. And I think that it's been very beneficial for me. I wouldn't have been able to get an education without it. And I know it's anecdotal, but there are thousands of people like me. And I think it's important to give someone that opportunity to change their life. It's, it's better than just getting a check with nothing expected of you. I agree with that. So, so, so ultimately what I'm saying is it's the long term solution. It's the long con. You know what I mean? We're not just, oh, yeah, oh, you're hungry right now? Oh, yeah, here's some money. Yeah, go away. Okay. Yeah, right. well, it's, okay, you're hungry. Yeah, awesome. We're going to feed you. Let's get you in school. Mm-hmm. It's the whole, if you teach a man to fucking fish. You know what I mean? Right. And give them the equipment to fish. Teach them yeah. how to fish. And in this case, it's education. And if you're dealing with, with you know, younger people, I'm more down with that. My wife is a social worker. She works with the the sort of entrenched entitlement people sure. a lot of chronic homeless people and it's uh the, she's like there's no helping any of them so well, <laughs> she but, says her job is basically shoveling taxpayer money into a furnace but, that's, that's but, what she does but people that and trying want, not to get the hospital sued that's all they care right, about right. So. people that want to better themselves need access to those kind of programs and the society we live in is it's not conducive to go and get your education. I'm still paying my student loans from undergrad. I had GI Bill. I had Pell Grants. I had the uh, Board of Governors California waiver when I was a community college student. Every possible thing. I had scholarships I as a, as a music right, so major. You got the handout that was a hand up. And I still... You're not languishing in a hammock. You used it as a trampoline. But 11 years later, I'm still paying my low-interest student loans that helped me get by to the point where I could go get a job to be able to afford to pay my student loan payment. I, I also think there's so much more like what you were saying about the chronically homeless. I mean, if you come from a family where you experienced childhood trauma... Your brain changes, okay? You, If you come from an impoverished environment where your parents didn't speak to you as much as rich kids are spoken to when they're children, that impacts your ability to develop language, to be social. I mean, it starts from a very young age, These the effects that poverty has. You're right, the chronic and homeless. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. hard to break out of those things well, it's when not you even, come th- from that. There have been studies in recent research that the poor, their brains form differently and th- mm-hmm. the stress 
of poverty, just just being poor is very stressful and has massive impact. It takes up so much more of their energy just to think about being poor that they don't ha- they don't know what else to do. I mean, they're so worried about how am I going to pay my bill? What am I going to do? How am I going to live? And it's not these all oh, right. these lazy fucking freeloaders. Nobody wants to be poor. Mental illness relative to homelessness and stuff. Yeah, that's an issue. But goddamn, man. But yeah, the the yeah, she's right there. Especially a lot of the women, they they really have had horrific upbringings. Yes. They were raped by yes. brothers and fathers and mothers' girlfriend and sold for drugs, and that's why they're we homeless. We need to help those people. Th- they're the people I I want the money to go to. And if other people would stop cheating on it, they would get more money. Right. And there are other. She runs well, into. She says most of the people that aren't the problem, crazy are are crooking the system. The problem like, is really you are. live in California. Where nothing is run correctly. No, exactly. Here, the here. Democrats <laughs> in California are worthless as 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 leaders, political leaders. It's terrible. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> well, and the other aspect of that is when you're when you're poor, and I've been poor. I have. I grew up very I poor. Literally, I grew walked... up eating the government cheese. I know. Well, I, I have okay. had a government cheese bite of, bite of government so, cheese. So too. we got we got the box with the peanut butter and the cheese. I didn't have a bite of government cheese. I had <laughs> government cheese sandwiches. Like your, huh? your lunch with mustard. Was and we were bread. we yep. were we were stupid kids who didn't even know how to slice it thinly, <laughs> where it might be tasty. It was giant, thick ass slices oh. of government cheese on a sandwich. Well, even as a teenager, when all the when all of the scholarships fell through and, and I had dropped out of college for the third time, I was walking down to find places that would give food because my meager $4.25 an hour of busting my butt at Marie Callender's wouldn't pay enough to live in the, the basement that I was renting and buy groceries for four weeks out of the month. Right. So I understand that. And at that point in my life, and there, there's sort of a hierarchy, if you're worried about what am I going to eat today? And I, I'm sorry, I can't recall the 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 study where this where they outline. Here's the level of like, am I going to survive today? And then if I know I'm going to be good for the month, I can start thinking about my family. There's nobody in that in America though. There are plenty of places to go, and our poor are obese. Oh no, we we unless no, you're no, no, crazy. No, he, he, here, unless here's you're, oh, the sorry. thing. God damn it, Dave. This is awesome. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Fucking knee-jerk bullshit. <laughs> the reason our poor are obese is because it costs far less to produce food on McDonald's goddamn dollar menus than Corn. it does to eat healthy, whole-grain shit. Well, Corn subsidy. I think the main problem is Which that... Which is terrible. I think the main problem is that we see adults and we don't think about where they came from. We just mm-hmm. see that these adults, you know, they aren't where we feel they should be. And we don't think that, you know, maybe they com- came from a low-income household where they were at risk of a lower academic performance, lower standardized test scores, lower IQ scores, uh, because their parents didn't have time to read to them, didn't have time to speak to them. Or they the were ability constantly to. working, right? Yeah. Or they weren't feeding them correctly because they couldn't afford nutritious food. There's so many things that go into this that set people up for failure. And that needs to be talked about. That needs to be part of this conversation. At every level. It's not a liberal thing. Taking care of the least among us, and I don't mean that as a pejorative, but taking care of those who are in need is not only a Christian type of thing, it's a Judeo-Christian ethic, but it's also... It's the decent thing to do, and it's conservative because it's the human it is. Thing. Yeah. if you spend your money wisely relative to taking care of these people and get them onto their feet, eventually you're going to be spending less, and that 
is what conservatism is about, is wisely spending the people's, yeah, the people's you don't, money. You don't need to say conservative or a compassionate conservative because conservatism is compassionate. I didn't say compassionate. I know, right, right. Yeah, no, right I but said that's, conservative. But that's, yeah, yeah that you yeah. reminded me that you don't need to have uh, you know, the compassionate well, in front of you. It is, it is compassionate already. To say compassionate conservative would imply that conservatism isn't Not normally compassionate. Exactly. And that's bullshit. It because bullshit. I'm a conservative, mm-hmm. as I say... And Conservative I'm, Democrat, as we're finding out. Well, maybe mm. not. Maybe just centrist. But I'm a conservative. Um, we're, Listen, we're working on that. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting real mad right now. <laughs> I always Things thought of you as changing. an independent, Jesse. All right, listen, goddammit. We're moving on because this <laughs> next story is too good to pass up. Oh. Josh Groban was featured on Jimmy Kimmel's show singing the tweets of Dave's favorite candidate, Donald Trump. <laughs> Josh Groban is uh, here with us tonight. Josh has a beautiful voice. He's given us so much great music over the years. And, of course, to make great songs, you have to have great lyrics. If you want to be taken seriously as an artist, strong lyrics are a must, I think. And so tonight we are very proud and very pleased to bring two great talents together for this new album that I think is nothing short of magic. Singer, songwriter, actor, producer. He sold more than 25 million records worldwide and has the voice of an angel. Oh, hi. I'm Josh Groban. And I have the voice of an angel. Josh Groban's multi-platinum The Best Tweets of Kanye West was the number one album of 2011. And now, his highly anticipated follow-up, The Best Tweets of Donald Trump. I've never seen a thin person drinking <laughs> At Barack Obama's birth certificate is a fraud. A fraud. Robert Pattinson should not take back Kristen Stewart. She cheated on him like a dog. And will do it again, just watch. Actual tweets, Donald everybody. Trump's tweets will make you laugh, they'll make you cry. But mostly they'll make you cry. <laughs> Amazing how all the haters and losers keep tweeting the name face on clown stick like they are so original and like no one else is doing it. Fuck face on clown stick. Buy now and get the exclusive new bonus track, Losers and Haters, absolutely free. Sorry, losers and haters, but my IQ is one. Stupid or insecure, it's not your fault. Actual tweet. It's not your fault. You'll get all the controversy. We need global warming. All the self-promotion. My fragrant success is flying off the shelves at Macy's, the perfect Christmas gift. All the contradiction. Macy's stores suck and they are So much more. The best tweets of Donald Trump. Available wherever Trump stakes, Trump water, Trump menswear, Trump the fragrance, and Trump the home mattress collection is sold. 
I'm officially running for president of the United States. Hashtag make America great again. So all real tweets, I do want to, as a point of clarification and honesty, that one of those tweets wasn't, it was taken out of context, and that's the we need global warming because it was ellipsis. <laughs> we need global warming. What the previous, what the other part of the tweet said was, it's we're like it's it's balls cold in New York. We need global oh. warming. So I just wanted to say that that was the one part that was kind of taken yeah, out okay. of context. However, That's scientific is that the guy you want as president? I have one of the hi- highest IQs ever. <laughs> like really? <laughs> well, just I don't want him as president, but I, I no 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 I, no. That was like for the audience. Oh okay, sure. I, I just look at me. Because because <laughs> what we're doing here? This is other people are going sure, to listen sure. to. Sure. Oh. oh. <laughs> Oh that, shit! That bit, that bit was genius. I yeah, wish I had great. thought about it that. Super good. Well, next, they they do next it next week, Dave. We have to read some tweets. They they've done others. Uh, like... Kelly Clarkson read the tweets of Tinder of ten. Oh, read Tinder profiles right. Yeah. today. Right. Oh. Right. She sang them today, or we saw it on YouTube today. So Ooh. my favorite part of that was when his tweet said, "Please don't feel stupid or insecure <laughs> when he's talking about his IQ and how, how, how it's insecure higher. he is." Yeah, right. it's really you're telling other people not to please feel insecure. He didn't say what it was. Either did he? No, it's just one of the highest. Yeah. Okay, okay. My IQ is. I believe it's him. One I, of yeah, the I'll highest. Just, I just believe him. Right. Yeah, it's one of the highest. Just one of, one the of highest. them. <laughs> Please, the, the, Top seriously. 10. Well, here's the thing. We we obviously we played this clip in jest, and it's funny because Donald Trump is a fucking idiot. I believe on the show before I've called him names that Brittany did not want me to call him, and uh, and I I stand by that because listen, this is not a man we want. To be our president, you go through this guy's Twitter feed, and, uh, and listen. A lot of people will say, "Well, that's his TV persona and hubba dubba da." How do you distinguish between his reality persona and his you're, real persona? Uh, you're getting into weird area here because we we now have the first president who was a pothead that we know of. You know, Bill Clinton was just, but we're going to start getting more but, and more no, no, this as time on, goes on. You're using you're using these weird a pothead, and I'm not a Clinton guy, but he smoked pot. Who, that doesn't mean he was a pothead. Right, but it means Obama, he for sure, or seems Obama. like he was a major pothead. But what I'm saying is, you're gonna, as time goes on, you're gonna get every candidate is gonna have weird tweets yeah, and in their closet. First divorce, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I'm yeah. tapping the the yeah. portrait of Ronald yeah. Reagan on my yeah. wall. This just seemed like stupid. I don't. Who, who knows what the hell he was thinking? With it's just tweets. confusing. He, he had a glass of Chardonnay, and he's just. Who knows? Well, that's that's reason enough not to elect him as president drinking Chardonnay. It's just confusing the things he comments on. Like, why is he talking about Robert Pattinson? And then he re- he's recently in the news because he said Heidi Klum is no longer a 10. Number one, why while, does he feel the need to comment yeah, on Heidi Klum? While running for president, that's what we want our presidential candidates to be commenting on, whether right. Heidi Klum is a 10 anymore. <laughs> while, while running for president, he's busily objectifying women and continuing to subjugate them. Yes, he is. Is. He's a terrible person who should not be taken seriously as a candidate for a sacred position in our country. But I, he probably won't. The presidency I, is for men like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. I don't know how Barack someone Obama. would be qualified to, you know, critique Heidi Klum's looks, but I, I know for sure that person would not be Donald Trump. Of so. course. <laughs> he looks like an apricot. That was dried in an oven, so it made really wrinkly, and then <laughs> soaked in water for like a day, and then you let a bunch of bees come and sting it. That's what Donald <laughs> Trump looks like. Sounds like you're a little anti-white person there. What? Anti-old white every, person. No, he looks like... Have you, have you not seen pictures? He looks oh, yeah. like an... Apri- he's orange. 
And this is coming from Ginger yeah. Guy, redheaded guy. <laughs> he <laughs> makes me look like Casper the Ghost. He doesn't just Heidi look Klum like your brother. Is, is a ten. I'm going to show Jesse a picture from Google Images. I think if there if there were a ten, I would go ahead and. Well, Heidi Klum actually immediately did a video of her with a creepy guy with a Donald Trump mask on. And she has a t-shirt on that says 10 and he rips the, t- the, the front of the t-shirt off and it, and it, it reveals 9.99. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Just a slight. So downgrade. I guess ultimately oh. what we're saying is, you know, fuck Donald Trump. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Pew 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 Look at that! Pew, pew. It's let's do it live. We could have done it live. It's a surround sound. Go ahead. Pew 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 Look at this live pew research. They just did a poll, or they revealed some data that more people in our nation right now say that we need to do more to achieve racial equality in our country. Today, 50 years after the passage of the Voting Rights Act, roughly 6 in 10 Americans, 59%, say the country needs to continue making changes to achieve racial inequality, while 32% say the country has made the changes needed to give blacks equal rights than whites. A year ago, and at previous points in the last six years, public opinion was much more closely divided on this issue. Though a substantial racial divide in these views remains, a majority of whites, 53%, now say more needs to be done. Last year, just 39% of whites said this. And although large majorities of African Americans have consistently said that changes must continue to be made to achieve racial equality, the share saying this now is 86%, and that is greater than in the past. This is a contentious issue. Even in this room, I believe this is a contentious issue. And I'm hoping that Dave will finally come out of his shell (laughs) after over an hour of talking and disagree with your humble host. (laughs) Well, before he disagrees, I want to say that a few years ago, I had a completely different opinion. And I would have, I would have argued that we have the system in place for people, for anyone considered a minority. Whether that's Jewish, which is a minority. Of course it is. 2% of us. If you were black, if you're Hispanic. 15 or 17% of us. And then like maybe in California, 40%, 44%. Yeah, maybe more. You can, you know, you can pursue the American dream. And then through, through training, we go through faculty training where they, we hire in experts to deliver research based training to us. We (laughs) sort of discover that. You know, this, uh, the racism that we sort of overlook has been institutionalized. It's so indoctrinated that we don't even notice. Like, how so? Give me an example. Our, our white privilege is that we don't even notice that we have white privilege. So you believe that, like, the University of New Hampshire's bias free language guide, that there's some validity to that? Absolutely not. Okay. So, goddamn, I'm co- dancing around. Blowing my mind, dude. <laughs> it, the one re- I asked, I asked my uh, my professor, my graduate advisor, why why tenure? Why does it matter? Why is tenure important? And Tenure's he, not important. It's bullshit. What he said to me was, but, tenure, "Sorry, college I, professor." I agree. Yeah. he said tenure gives him the ability to speak the truth as he sees it, without fear of losing his life, which would be his job, his kids. In no other job, exercise. In no other job. Are you guaranteed your job dis- in spite of your performance? Here, here, Vanilla Bean, brother. So, so it's, so it's, it's this. It's, it's not I about performance. It's about opinion. 
but it is about performance. If you are a terrible professor and you, you've been around long enough, so now you have tenure, you're going to continue being terrible for the rest of your life, for the rest of your career. In no other job, there's no other job. Is there another job? I mean, am I speaking out of turn? Politician. Well, that you get elected. You, right. you somehow you, they still yeah, do, even though I don't know. I, I don't. And listen, I, I know it's it's shitty and stepping on your toes because you're a professor. <laughs> well, I don't have tenure. I don't well, have the right to speak. The wouldn't truth. you love tenure? It would be great. Yeah. Well, so, so what I'm saying is, there isn't another profession that, other than Supreme Court justice or federal judge, that you get appointed to this position and nothing you do. Other than, you know, having sex with students, and even then sometimes it doesn't happen, that you, you're immune from performance evaluation. It's about protecting free speech. That's really what it comes down to. If, if the government thinks that it's a bad idea to teach people they should get up and go to work every day, but you're teaching research-based material that says you should get up and go to work every day, and they don't like that, then you should be protected from being fired for teaching what is what's the truth. I, I don't know see. how many times I have heard professors say that. Well, I'm tenured, so I don't fucking care. And, <laughs> and that's you've heard them say that. I've heard that exact phrase. I have oh, never heard that. Have you ever heard of a union? Yeah. Well, in, you well, think I'm a big fan of unions. The, the, the union, the unions are worse. I just found out I'm not allowed to take vacation at certain times of the year because some people in the union couldn't. Cause You're not NEA, right? What would you be? I'm in the CSEA. Which is what? The College and Education. California, ed- I don't know. Educators, Educators, Dave. I should know what it is. <laughs> educators. Right. I, I should know what the, I'm in, I'm in two unions, the fac- California Faculty Association and the whatever the other one is. Huh. Well, I just listen. I, I well, I don't know how we even sidetracked. I know what happened. Racial inequality. How did you get us here? Yeah, what happened? You got us here, tenure guy. We're talking about racial inequality. Oh, and the racism that is systemic, that is institutionalized. Mm -hmm. Which I do believe. I don't believe it to the degree that they're going to try to pawn it off on you guys. But I, I believe that there is. There is a lot, there's a long way to go toward having a racially harmonious society in our, in, the, in which we live. And it's, it's not about like your last episode. Let me tell you how when, when I get pulled over, how it goes. It's not about that. And I realize you guys come from more of a place of funny. Yeah. But there is, you know, to, to, to be cliche, many a truth has been said in jest. And I, I got a lot from that because, you know, I'm as white as you. I am fucking for sure as white (laughs) as you. And I don't have this built-in respect for cops. I have a distrust of cops. That's not a respect. It's a it's a snap to reaction. I want to get out of this ticket. I'm going to act nice. And no, I'm not. Because I looked at I'm not. I'm not being aggressive toward you, but um, I'm not going to cow to government authority if I'm being treated poorly. Hey, fuck you. You don't have a right. And you don't have a right to beat me because I said fuck you. Because fuck you, that's your job. Your your job yeah. is to take abuse from the public. And if you <laughs> can't take it because your your skin is not thick enough, then you need to go work at Walmart as a greeter maybe because you're not cut out for cop work. I'll it agree. takes a special person to be a cop. I'll agree. Not, not a guy who throws frail Sandra Bland to the ground. Because she wouldn't put out her cigarette. Because she wouldn't put out her cigarette. Yeah, he was a douche. I agree on that one. Disgusting behavior. It's not Ramos 
And Cincinnati, these fucking pieces of shit who beat to death the homeless Kelly. Mm -hmm. What's his name? Right here in yeah, Kel uh, right here in Orange Kelly County. Thomas. The 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 homeless the, the mm -hmm. mentally ill and homeless Kelly Thomas. Yeah, it's it takes a special kind of person to be a cop, not just any military flunky. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, re related to racial inequality, though, I wanted to read these oh, yeah, stats. We're coming back around. Sorry, everybody. From 2010 to 2013, the median wealth of non-Hispanic white households increased from $1,308 to $141,000, or by 2.4%. Meanwhile, the median wealth of non-Hispanic black households fell 33.7% from 16000 in 2010 to 11000 in 2013. Now, the comparison right. there is 141,000 versus 11,000 median household income, blacks versus whites. Right. What about Asians? Are they in that? No, but Hispanics are as well, and Hispanics are at 13,000. But think about that disparity. That's 13 times the net worth. $11,000 net worth of, of, of your typical black family to $141,000 of your typical white family. That's not just no. they're lazy and they don't want to get it done. I'm in the wrong job, man. No, it's uh, well, if you're going to chalk it up to racism, though, Asians are higher than whites. That's a huge disparity, yeah, but not, Asians not, versus blacks. But it's not blacks. necessarily racism. Right. We're no. talking about racial equality, yeah, achieving yeah. racial equality, and what work needs to be done to achieve that. Well, let me open up Pandora's box and go back to Tom Sowell for a second. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a white man and by the way for, he, for, for, for the for the benefit of the audience who doesn't know who thomas sowell is he's a black intellectual who economist who, who has a chagrined attitude toward intellectuals i have yes. two of his books uh, i'll have to go look okay. intellectuals in society right, right. and letters some like a uh, collection of essays oh, okay right. i like him i like him mm -hmm. i think he's wrong on some things but you know, he so probably anyway, so is okay. like so, everybody. So going back to Thomas uh, Sowell, uh, or I, your I your buddy Tom, my buddy Sowell. Tom, <laughs> Tom Sowell. He's an eighty year old black man. Obviously lived through a lot of these uh, these times as a black man. As a perspective there, sure. Um, he um, he he will say that the trajectory of blacks in America started very low. Obviously with slavery, the end of slavery. Uh, going up, like income level, education level, they had very good out of wedlock birth rate was at times lower than whites even. It's going up and it comes to a crashing. It goes like roller coaster, you know, down after the civil rights sure, movement. Sure. And he says it's, it's really because they should have just removed bear. I've said this on my show. They should have just removed barriers, not removed barriers and then set up like we're going to put casts on your legs to fix the, fix the broken, you know, whatever. We're going to help you get right. over the hurdle sure. now. You're going to, in you're, theory, that would be great. Yeah, I, I I would prefer just like in the areas of entertainment industry, sports. They did they just remove barriers. They excel there. They do. Black black folks, sure, sure, excelling there, and that was just a result of taking barriers. But out. They, Not also, helping. they also Not, they they also excel the in other areas. In oh, law, they, and we have yeah, Supreme yeah, yeah. Court justices who are black. Yeah, military, Congress. The, the, there are the, other areas. I'm getting at, yes, I'm getting at the places where the places where it's merit based, doing fine. Yeah, but a meritocracy there. Sports is the purest of right. meritocracies. Right. I mean, maybe not because celebrity does have something to do with that. It's fucking Tim Tebow, but quick statistical note: um, the median net worth for blacks is the same in 2013 as it was in 1983. The same, not adjusted for inflation. The same. That's a problem. Yeah, we so have. We, we talk about meritocracies all we want. Here, here, here's the, here's my new verbal crutch that I just discovered. Here's the deal. Um, <laughs> nah. <laughs> is 
it's an issue of empathy. And also when 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 Thomas Soul or Tom, when Tommy <laughs> when he talks about from slavery on there's this this meteoric rise. Well, when you go from zero, any progress mm-hmm. is considered exponential. Sure. And after slavery, what happened? We said, "All right, you're free now. See ya." They didn't know how to fucking read. Slaves didn't know how to write. Yeah, exactly. It was terrible for them. It, it was, and but there they were somehow almost no programs in place, right, right, to remedy that. Right. So what happened? Many slaves went back to work for their slave owners in the same relationship that existed before. For pay or for pay, but probably a low wage. I would of imagine. Of course, a yes. low wage. How right. much do you pay right. illiterate people to work? Right, right. As little as you can, it, probably. Well, now it's room and board. <laughs> Yeah. But, but by the late 1800s, and if you went if you went to New Orleans, there was no distinction, but in color, people were living in that port city all the way until we had Jim Crow in the by World War One, where that's where we were we were birthing music. We had this multinational culture coming in on the seaport, right? And still, Jim Crow was a thing. That was the thing that screwed up. Louisiana that screwed up New Orleans. Well, it screwed up the entire South. And they were still doing better despite Jim Crow. They are coming out of that, which was amazing, I think. They were yeah, how, gained, how much they were... time is it going to take? How many hundreds of years is it going to take for, for us to give a hand, a hand, hand up well, to in, the black population? In this data that was released in 2014. From and keep Pew- in mind, sorry, Brittany. This is four white people or three white people talking about it and Brittany reading articles. We don't have a black perspective here. No. I, I really wish we had a black perspective here. But by the way, I have... It would be well, nice. Yes. We can ask Black Jesus up there on the wall. I, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody I've sees my, my Black Jesus Well, this portrait. data is giving a perspective, right? So the current gap between blacks and whites has reached its highest point since 1989 when whites had 17 times the wealth of black households. The current white to Hispanic wealth ratio has reached a level not seen since 2001. So right now, the white net worth is 13 times greater. That's what I said. 13 times greater. Right. With no numbers, no websites in front of me. Impressive. It has reached its highest point since 1989. I mean, now. Right now. I'm going to say the worst thing that happened to black America is they've been incentivized to not bother keeping the family unit together. How have they been incentivized? Because when the the younger girls were told back that, hey, uh, or, or just w- when you're impregnated, it's like you're going to get some money, but if you're married, you don't get any money. And we remove stigma from everybody now. It's like, n- no no big deal getting pregnant when you're 14 or 15. <laughs> you know, Uncle Sam will cut you the check. That may... And they, they disincentivize them to get married. They, what's the percentage now? Of that out may... Of, it's like 75%. Yeah, it is. It's it is like 75%. Horrible. The family unit is the, the most the strongest bond yeah, but, we have. They don't have it right now. But being be, having children out of wedlock, lots of whites have children out of wedlock. That that's not that that's not the 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 common factor. Not nearly as many, but it's way too high. And that's no no no. no. Uh, but I'm saying if you have a child with a woman and you're not married, that's not a guaranteed failure for your family. But are no, but is no. but if the father's involved in the family, yes, that, that's, that's the where key. No no. no comes he didn't in. say that. He said. Mar- a, a child out of wedlock. It's it's an intact family unit. It doesn't have to be married. It's just intact I, I family mean unit. That. I, I, oh, I'm okay. really referring to intact family unit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, out of wedlock. Well, that's how listen, they I think it, right? this incentive, uh, th- this incentivization, if that's even a word that you're talking about, 
could possibly be one of many, many factors. Absolutely. So I think it is. But it's not the sole, oh, this is it. We're going to pin all our hopes to this. Well, it's also destigmatization, too. Listen, Stigma well, has Stigma has good, you know, there has good uses. I think so. Yeah. Is the incentive being mistaken for a lack of opportunity in the community where you have less education about how to prevent pregnancy, how to, you know, delay that gratification and to make a different choice? Yeah. Well, I remember George Will, you know George Will? Yeah. I don't know personally, but he, he really... Uh, G-Man. For some, G-Man? I, I'm trying to, like, Tom. <laughs> Remember he had, he'd said, ah, 10, 15 years ago, he was just he was speaking at a black school, I think it was, and he was saying, you know, the, the three best things you can do is not have a baby till you get married, finish high school, and I shit, forget what the third one was. I didn't, Ooh, I didn't have notes on that no one. No wonder but, Rick Perry right, is your I didn't candidate. have notes on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, th- that seems like pretty damn good advice to, to black course. students. Of course. But, it's, but, it's good advice for all he, he, he students. Got, he got his shit hammered of course for saying well, that. Well, it, it's a it's a good theory, but it's not happening in practice. If we go right into LA, go right to Los Angeles, we have almost 50% dropping out of high school. These are teenagers that are that are leaving the school system and they are not able to function in society. They're not going to be able to communicate with people on a on a vocal level. They're not going to be able to speak to you in a way that you understand because they don't even have the ability to read and write. At a ninth grade level. And it's because of those impoverished environments that they're growing up in, in their childhood Right. It's, it's not as easy as, oh, his right. dad wasn't there. That's why he's dumb. It's There are many, many factors, both economic and socio, socioeconomic. Social. I mean, so For, many yeah. issues that, that, that impact directly how a child... That's why, listen, we could talk until we're even wider in the faces than we are. <laughs> Education is the way out of this situation. So even if our country, our government, we the people, even if I'm tapping on my poster of the Constitution right behind me, even if we the people have to spend a little bit more money in the short term in order to shore up some of these um, inequities... And then, God damn it, that's yeah. what we need to do. Can I, I will well, quote my wife one more time, though? Okay. She also used to work for a prison. She worked in a, in a prison situation. She said... It was, it was almost all of the prisoners ha- came from no dad in the house, or just broken family. Okay, that's one contributing like all, factor, like, sure. Like all of them. You know, there were hard, there was like no guys in there that came from like mom and dad were, you know, like Brady Bunch, of course, well, but even just mom and dad or, or involved dad was always no dad. Correlation isn't causation. Yeah, though. but that's well, pretty good sampling. So though, were they like also abused, though? Were they yeah, also yeah, abused? Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, a the, lot the, of abuse. This so that's was a, a confounding this factor. This was across racial. This is like if you look at statistics for this, if you're white or black or whatever, you still have you have the same uh, heightened uh, chance of going to prison if you came from a family where there was where there was no father in the house. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, so that's that not cuts, the only cuts across sure. racial lines. I, I agree with you. I but, agree. But there is a way out. In Los Angeles specifically, there's a there's a nonprofit organization called Right Girl, and they've been for 13 years. W R I T. Yeah, because the girls they pair the girls with mentors, professional women, to get together throughout the year through the program where they do writing, they do workshops. They work on graduating, essentially, and they publish a book every year. And over the 13 years that Right Girl has been in existence, which, by the way, was the nonprofit of the year in California a couple years ago and was also recognized by the White House. Michelle Obama gave them an award. 100% of the girls. So you know they're good. 
100% of the girls that went through the right girl program over the last 13 years graduated high school and went to college. Awesome. That means those phenomenal. 100%. Phenomenal. Yeah. So that kind of direct in, with good role modeling, with one on one building skills, that Absolutely. Works. Like I said, there needs to be accountability earlier. That's. It's not just the money. Throwing money at something does fucking nothing. There needs to be accountability. There needs to be hands-on, whether it be a volunteer network or a legitimate government interventionary kind of a thing. I don't mm-hmm. even interventionary or urban. Uh, well, throwing money, I think, can be good, but I don't. I don't want it funneled it through a coupled. gigantic bureaucracy. It needs to be coupled with some with some other and an kind expectation. Of, yeah. Like we give you this, we we need this back Absolutely. from you, and it, more direct too. Like I, I this. This is my fundamental thing with with our country and like talk about the Scandinavian countries. They could pull some of this off because they have, by definition, they have small government because they have a, their population tiny people. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. five million people. We have ten times is it ten times that roughly just federal employees. Right, ten times their entire population. So by right. definition, they can keep an eye on stuff better. Right, so we Mar- do that. So Marius, Alexander, Nikki, <laughs> these are just some of, so a few of our of our northern European listeners. I'm putting a call out to you. Yes, please. Yes. I want you to send a voicemail in to awesome. me, and then maybe I'll even pass the voicemail on yeah, to yeah. Dave to play on his show yeah, yeah. to see to what your response would be to those claims, both about the military and everything else he said. But because <laughs> I, I, I wish I would have uh, prepared a disclaimer that n- <laughs> I don't. Nothing Dave says represents my conservative views. <laughs> All right, listen, we've gone. <laughs> Wildly long. This is most certainly going to be our longest episode. Is this Amazing. the Ben Hur of I Doubt It with Donald? It Warren? is. It awesome. is. Yeah. War and Peace over here. Uh-huh. We are going to wrap it up with this. Taking care of biz. Make a wish. Make, make a wish. Yes, Make a Wish Foundation. I guess that's who's taking care of biz it, in this story. Could also be Kellen Tilton. It could be the kid. I think it's. I think it's Make a Wish. In general, they take care of biz. Okay, so when the Make a Wish Foundation approached Kellen Tilton, promising they'd try to fulfill his deepest desire, the three-year-old could have asked for anything in the world—a trip to Disneyland, perhaps, or a meeting with his favorite athlete or celebrity. But Kellen had something else in mind. He told the organization that all he wanted was a way to easily get from his main house to the barn on the property where his dad and his seven siblings spent a lot of their free time. Make-A-Wish happily obliged. Quote, He could have taken a trip anywhere. For him, what was most important was to be able to go outside and, as he said, wheel myself from my house down to the barn where his family is. Awesome. I mean, seriously, you hear all these stories all the time. And Three years old, though? Yes. Okay. It seems normal for a three-year-old to wish something like that, though. I'm not. I mean, you know, he's yeah, not. He's not a worldly guy who knows. He doesn't really know about. You but know, it's a beautiful thing. It's that not, he, it is sweet. That it's, that it's very sweet. Yes. Rather than you no, know, I want to be Batman for a day, sure, sure. which I'm not shitting on that kid either. <laughs> but it's it's. I want to be with my family. I, they, they're always spending time in the barn. Maybe they're leaving him there or something. But I, I want to... Uh, so the, uh, did they fashion some kind of a wheelchair? What did, exactly did they do? Well, he uses a wheelchair to get around. So what was the issue was getting from the house where he lives to the barn where everyone hangs out. Apparently, maybe it's a cool barn. Um <laughs> They didn't give. They didn't care enough to maybe make a walkway for the kid to get over there. Was there a loop de loop? So that's what they made a path, okay. and they made a path so it had the mobility for him to to get over to the barn. That's awesome. Yeah, that is nice. It, it is. is nice. It, it is a good organization too. I mean, there's. Listen, I'm not. Uh, 
I better not find out their president is molesting the children who are I coming there to get make wishes a wish. made. Yeah, yeah, I doubt. But I, I don't make any bones about being uh, an emotional guy who cries all the time. And when I first read this story, I eh, I may or may not have gotten a little misty. I'm uh, I'm a teary teary individual. I'm who, that guy too, actually. I boobs up, I boobs up a lot. <laughs> so you're not a human if it doesn't touch you a little bit. It's it's good. So with that, as always, we are we are going to say goodbye. I want to thank Sable. And Dave from the Indispensable Thursday Show podcast for stopping in. Thanks, guys. Thank you for and having us. Hanging been out awesome. and taking part in our War and Peace or Ben Hur episode, as Dave said. <laughs> and uh, if you have anything that you'd like to say to them, I guess you could say it straight to them. Their phone number is. 657 206 0777. 0777. Wow, that's the awesome. the same area code I know. 657. It's Google, Google, Google Voice. Google, yeah. Google, area code. Google Voice. <laughs> yeah, and ours, 657 464 7609. Listen, it, uh, it doesn't get any truer anytime we say it. We love you very much. We appreciate you. If it weren't for you and your listenership and your dedication and your involvement with the show, we wouldn't be doing it. Because I'm a filthy, lazy, dirty turd, <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't get the motivation to be speaking to just people who know me. So, we love you. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Famous. So to thank you, we're making any regular footlong a $5 footlong. Get that? Any regular footlong piled high with flavor, $5. Join the celebration.